0: Hello, this is Martin McKay from the Network Security Podcast, and I'm here today at RSA 2007 in the Verizon Business booth, and I'm talking with Cindy Belfay. and Cindy, what do you do for Verizon?
1: I actually head up our product management group for Security Solutions.
0: So what does a a carrier, a provider, uh, offer in security? I mean, I don't quite see the connection.
1: That's a really good question. I think there's, it's funny, as you look around the room here today, there's a lot of companies that maybe in the past were not um, directly associated with security. Um, we've definitely seen a lot of acquisitions in the hardware and software space, and it, as well as in the carriers, the acquisition of security capability. And I think a lot of that stems from um, this convergence we're seeing of kind of networking and security technology is, is one definitive factor. So we see within Verizon Business that a lot of our customers are coming to us and as part of their overall, you know, some of the other IT solutions we've been providing them, them in the past, there's an expectation that those are going to be delivered security, securely, with security and risk management capability, um, kind of backing them up. So I think that's why um, we've obviously chosen to went out and acquired a company like NetSec to bring some additional, kind of the real hardcore security knowledge within the business. Um, have overlaid that around a really, uh, a, that on a very strong um, managed network, managed network services business, and um, obviously a lot of experience securing the global IP backbone, etc. And um, I think bringing that marriage together of those, you know, those assets has been uh, definitely beneficial to our customers. And we think, um, you know, this is our first trip to RSA as a, a security, you know, Verizon business as a security provider. And I think um, it won't be our last. We certainly see it as a, a growing area for us.
0: Rich Mogul. Hi, Mark. How are you doing today, Rich? Good, and yourself? I'm doing good. Now, your role, you're a Gartner analyst, and your role is data security, and specifically data security, isn't it? Yeah,
2: that's really the big focus. uh, You know, I have a broad coverage, um, like many analysts, being able to talk about anything around security. But, you know, the area where I spend most of my time is, you know, all in the data security realm and a bit of application
0: security. So, one of the the things we've been talking about today is the insider threat. And I would, oh, you laugh, you laugh at that why?
2: Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's it's funny because for, you know, 20 years of this industry, we kept running around saying the insider threat, it's, you know, 70% of losses and uh, getting people all uh, worked up over insider threat issues. It became It's become almost a cliche term. You know, the, the reality of it is, is we're dealing with threats. Some are good guys from the inside. Some are bad guys from the inside. Same thing from the outside. And, uh, you know, for me, it's, I, I like us to take more of a focus on how do we actually protect our information and not get too distracted by the threat. So you think
0: if we're protecting the information right, inside or outsider, it's not going to really matter.
2: Well, exactly. So, for example, if Sony breaks into one of the systems on my network uh, and then uses that to attack my information, you know, that's an outside threat, but it, it's an inside threat. And some people just get all worked up on defining what that is. Me, I just say, well, just figure out how to stop it.
0: So what have you seen here at the show so far that's specifically targeted at, at insider or threat? Well,
2: you know, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff around, uh, around data security and insider issues. Um, uh, obviously, you know, everybody's been talking about NAC, network right. access control, and uh, that, that there's so many different flavors and tastes of it, and I think basically uh, these days, anybody, if they have everything from, uh, you know, an encryption engine to a vulnerability scanner to antivirus, they're going to call it NAC. <laughs> but uh no, but but there's a lot to be done there, basically, how can we make sure that the computers that are connecting into our environment are uh, at least up to the standards that we want, and I think that's one way to look at it uh, The other big areas are around the the data security stuff and and, and the big themes I guess I'm seeing are. What we call content monitoring and filtering, uh, also known as data loss prevention, information leak prevention or extrusion prevention or, well, I don't know. Half a dozen other titles that we could probably come off, up with. Exactly. So those companies are getting a lot of attention. Now, it's interesting because it's a really small market. It probably only did less than $60 million last year, and there's a lot of hype played up. first big acquisition this year was an 80 or $90 million acquisition um, for uh, when WebSense bought the, the uh, Port Authority technology, and I, we expect to see a lot more. You know, a lot of a lot of the companies getting a lot of attention: Verisep, Ubuntu, Reconyx, Tablets, all of those guys. I think that's a really fascinating technology to help with that problem uh, and around information leaks. The other uh, area that I'm surprised I'm seeing so much with is with uh, portable storage. Oh, I, I'm surprised in the sense that I think it's an easy problem to solve, and it is very definitely. It's, it's not a malicious thing; it's people just accidentally losing data. But uh, there is that ton of portable storage uh, solutions,
0: uh, more than I expected to see here. Do you think that's something that we'll see this year and maybe see a lot of fallout between now and next RSA?
2: Yeah, I, I think we will. There's, it's a problem that people need to solve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a place that where they need to make their investments, uh, but I don't think there's enough space for, for how many people are trying to attack the problem.
0: Now, what we're here to talk about today is really the new technologies coming into the IT space, brought in by consumers. So, in other words, we've got a lot of users at, in the, the corporate space who want to bring in that brand new phone, who want to who want to use am. From a security perspective, how do we deal with that? How do we? What do we need to do to take those into account?
3: Uh, yeah, I think that's a great question, and uh, I think uh, all of these technologies are great, and uh, and not only your regular user or, you know, your company colleagues want to use it, but I think even the IT people want to use it because these technologies are great. But I think, you know, the one of the biggest problem is a security around these tools and applications. And, and and that really stems from the need to comply with all of these new government regulations that are out there today that are really driving security within the enterprise. So the need is to really come up with You know, policies that can employ uh, good uh, technologies uh, to secure your infrastructure is is, is important. So that's the reason it is taking IT uh, so long to adopt to these technologies or or, or bring them to to the enterprise. Uh, It's not that they don't want to. It's just that uh, they have to go through the whole exercise before they can actually make this available to uh, uh, to the enterprise.
0: Well, in some cases it just takes that long to figure out what these, these technologies are capable of and what we have to safeguard against, I mean, what have you, have you seen anything new recently or are we still dealing with IM, are we still dealing with USB, is there anything new coming out that we have to be looking for as consumer products brought into the enterprise?
3: There are a lot of new things and, and one of the things that I see is uh, 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 services like Skype Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, talking—it's like an internet phone. And uh, initially, I saw a lot of the enterprises didn't really know about this, and, right. and a lot of, a lot of uh, employees actually just downloaded Skype and uh, started using it. Uh, until IT realized uh, that, oops, this is something new and this could introduce new vulnerabilities, uh, you know, within our network. So we need to address that issue before we go ahead and let everybody use that. It's a great service. Right. But uh, so so, but but then we need to make sure that we uh, secure that service and make sure that it doesn't uh, introduce new vulnerabilities to our network.
0: I've got cutaway from the Security Ripcord blog and podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Martin? That's been a fun show. What have you seen so far that that's really caught your attention? What have you liked that you've seen out there? Well, the several
4: football field size expo is you know a little disconcerting at times. It's this this place is huge. There's a
0: lot to get lost in, isn't there?
4: Absolutely. It's it, it, number one. It, it, they don't have anything centralized. Uh, I, I don't know if they don't want everybody not together, but you know if if you want to ex- focus on a specific uh, topic or something like that, if you you know. Uh, um, web inspection applications or database inspection applications—you're uh, you, going to have to really wander around to, to find these people. You know, having the guide is you know key to actually locating booths and stuff like that.
0: Or just be willing to explore and find what you find. So, uh, what have you found that's been the single most interesting thing so far? Well, probably the most interesting that I found is that—I
4: uh, can't remember the name exactly. It's, it's Norton. Um, Sandbox for malware, okay. and what they do is they actually analyze malware. Uh, I guess it's for the incident response teams. And right. They'll take a piece of malware, and you put it on their box, and they'll isolate uh, the programming, basically what it's actually trying to accomplish. They've got a virtual environment um, to uh, to do this safely, mm-hmm. and for bots and malware that's uh, looking for virtual environments, they, they have ways of evading that. So I think that's really interesting from uh, uh, incident response standpoint because I've, I've blogged on that several times about the need to analyze code, the need to analyze the, the malware that's uh, infecting your networks, and so that, that's, the, that's probably the biggest thing that's caught my eye so far. Right.
0: Do you think that's something that even with a tool like this, the average network administrator, the average security professional is going to be able to do that sort of analysis, or is this the sort of tool that a few people in dark back rooms are going to be using a few old Linux or Unix administrators. I think what they're,
4: uh, it's designed for is that it's the IT administrator, the, the, the people that are a member of the incident response team, because you have to identify what these things are doing to you, especially if you're talking about information disclosure. If you, you know if you've got sensitive information on the system, and you get a worm or you get a bot. Uh, and, but it doesn't do anything. It's not sending anything out, it's just trying to spread itself within your organization at first. If you can isolate there and isolate that, um, uh, that activity then you know that it hasn't left your organization and it's going to save you money in the long run. But if you know that it's uh, trying to contact through the channel and a part of it's uh, downloading files from your system automatically then you know that potentially you have to, you're going to have to disclose.
0: Now, one of the things we've been talking about a lot here today is uh, is some of the things that are creeping into the enterprise, some of the consumer tools that that users are bringing into the enterprise, and what um, IT's reaction to that. And I'm sure, as a, as a security engineer, you've seen a lot of this. How are businesses responding to IAM? How are they responding to people bringing in their their
5: cell phones, and cell and phones, the wireless? Yeah, yeah. Does several things. What you know, consumers are doing is that what what's happening is that what the IT people are finding challenges that there's a lot of you know, employees are bringing their own netgear, linksys, you know, wireless devices, right. putting up the cube, and trying to prove that they are more efficient by roaming around and working, checking their emails from you know, from the uh, ca- in the cafeteria. Right. You know. So the the cost. The, I mean, the I mean, it's justified that you know you need to be efficient, but then at what cost? You know, if the if the individual you know employee is taking the initiative. I mean that's a little wrong, but yeah, if the you know ID or the security department takes up that role and you know they deploy these wireless devices in a secure manner, you know that would then make sense. You know, and then of course you know I've also seen you know several you know IM like AOL, MSN Messenger, you know Yahoo Messenger being installed by you know end users. So what happens ultimately is that you know it it against you know seen as a good tool to communicate. And you know, it's it's a very iffy. Some of the you know, organization I've seen, they find it very effective, and some of them find it you know annoying. And and the thing that we need to watch out is that again, if it's been deployed by end user, guess what? I mean, if it's not in a controlled environment, you know all you know all the official files or you know your financial results, your you know you know any foul language, you know that can go out. So you you want to be make sure that you know your company is not liable for any lawsuits or you know, take that initiative.